You're listening to the Online Tutor Business Podcast, where I help tutors get found, hired, and referred. Episode number six. And most tutors, when they're advertising their business, they try to stick with platforms where they compete with everyone else. But the tutors that we're featuring today are using a different method. They're using Pinterest and growing their monthly viewers significantly. Suzanne Davis has over 150,000 monthly views to her content that lead students through her funnel. And she's taught Lisa Vecino how to go from 1,000 monthly views to 19,000. And Ann Mitchell went from 7,000 to 21,000. Find out what these ladies are doing to increase their online presence. Hi, I'm Joanne Kaminsky, and with 10 years experience tutoring online, I've made over a half a million dollars. And today, I help other tutors get similar results or better. In this podcast, you're going to be inspired by other tutors stepping into this journey and getting results. You'll learn strategies you can apply to your business, stop feeling alone in the process, and make more money so that you can feel amazing every time you have an aha moment with one of your students. This is the Online Tutor Business Podcast. So today, you guys, we have something really, really awesome. I have two, three women joining me, two who have taken one of Suzanne's courses. And around November, December, these women um, ended up being part of a course that Suzanne had put together. And she ended up creating a course, which was diving deeper into Pinterest. And our goal when we set out for this course was to have people to increase like their monthly views by a thousand people. We're hoping like if, if we could get people to just increase their views that that would make you know some good changes in their online presence and we were actually surprised at what the results ended up being because they surpassed a thousand monthly views by far for those people that really did take action and follow the suggestions we had some amazing things that happened so Keep watching, you guys, because you're going to get to dive deeper on into finding out what did these ladies do in order to be able to increase their views and increase the amount of people that now know about them because of the work they did with Pinterest. Are you on Pinterest right now? Have you used Pinterest before? Um, and, you know, has it helped be able to increase your traffic? You guys, I am really excited to be able to share the stories of, of Lisa and Anne. But before we do that, um, Suzanne and I are just kind of going to chat a little bit about Pinterest and what it's done for her business. So without further ado, you guys, we've got Suzanne Davis. So Suzanne, you and I, we created that you created this course really on um, diving deeper into to Pinterest and you ended up you know, watching all of these amazing women like take action and 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 follow the steps. Before you created this class, what what were you thinking about this journey that you're about to partake on? I was a little nervous because while I knew all of the actions that would help them grow, I thought, will they actually take these actions? <laughs> so that had me really nervous because I knew the fantastic results they could have yeah. with Pinterest. And so I was excited to teach it really just yeah. to break it down because I'd spent so long figuring out Pinterest myself and studying yeah. Pinterest and really experimenting with it um, that I felt like I really want to share this expertise with people, you know, yeah. especially for tutors, because there's only so much advice out there about Pinterest that is really specialized for us. 
yeah, there really isn't a lot that's that's specifically on, you know, how how can we use Pinterest for the online tutoring world, right? Like you'll yeah. find it for other businesses, but you'll also see that not all businesses are alike. And just because you follow the advice of, of one person doesn't mean that you're going to get the same results. But when we can really narrow down what does work for online tutoring, that um, that definitely makes a difference. So Suzanne, when you started diving a little bit deeper into the Pinterest world yourself, what did you start noticing with your online presence? Well, I found that really consistent action with it um, because it's like a search engine. You have to create content and all of those things. Um, I was at first growing, you know, I was like, oh, I hit a thousand, you know, oh, that's great. And then it kept going up month after month after month, you know, and so I was like, wow, all of a sudden, you know, I'd look and I'd see a blog post had, you know, a thousand people sharing it and coming back and it would be really exciting because I was getting people to download that freebie yeah, and get on that email list. And, and that's really good because that's the, the funnel that I've set up for people with my tutoring services. So to see that funnel grow uh, has just been incredible because I, I've been tracking it just these past couple months and looking at the people coming through my email list, you know, and they're, they're coming and requesting services and consultations, if not on the first one, by like the third or fourth email. And so yeah. that's up to my consultations too. Yeah. And so, you know, one of the things that, that people can never, ever like disregard is that more traffic will eventually lead into more students if you're doing it right because there's definitely a wrong way to do it. If you're not leading them into anything that goes into a funnel of the next step, then you're not going to see them result into turning into students. How accurate would you say that is? Um, very accurate. <laughs> yes. No. Because um, I've, had, I've had people say, well, I've got 40,000. Um, somebody in the ultimate support group today said, I've got 40,000 people, but it's never led to a student. And so then it comes down to taking a look at, well, how are you funneling the people in Pinterest so that they now are taking action and, and all of that kind of stuff? What would you say to that person who has the 40,000 but has no students? I would say, what are you doing on your website to keep them there mm -hmm. um, and to, to lure them into it? So what's your freebie? Is it something that people want to download? Is it something that's tempting them to get onto that email list? Or if you're funneling them to just like directly your tutoring services page, what right. does that page look like? What's right. your content? Um, because you can get a lot of traffic, but if you're not interesting them, keeping them on that page long enough, then, then you're not going to benefit from it. Yeah. And sometimes people need to see your content over and over and over again before you stick. Yes. And mm -hmm. so a lot of people think like, oh, they're going to see my website. They're going to be so excited about everything that I offer. They're going to hire me right away. But unfortunately, a lot of people need several times of seeing you before they're willing to take action and move forward with you. Right. You know, I keep a blog. So a lot of times people are looking for a solution to something that I tutor, but maybe they're not typing in academic writing tutor at that moment. So mm -hmm. they're not exactly in that, I want to buy instantly mode, right. but they're into that mode of, 
gee, they really like that blog post. They want to get my freebie. They want to stay in touch with me. And those are warm leads that, mm-hmm. you know, you get these all of the time on your email <laughs> list. <laughs> People who've stayed on your email list keep seeing what you provide. And then they ultimately, you know, join a group or, or buy something from you or request your, your tutoring services. Yeah. I mean, sometimes people have been on my list for three years before they actually take action. I, sometimes we just need to, like, we need to have that pain point be deep enough that we're willing to take action on it. You know, if we took on action anytime we felt a little of something, right. Yeah. We'd be going crazy because there'd be so many things that we'd be taking action on, right? So really somebody's pain point has to be at a certain point before they're ready, but they also have to build like this certain level of trust with you as well. How does your content help to build that trust over time? I would say because I'm just always thinking of the particular problems that they actually have Mm. and providing something that, that helps them solve it or get a piece of the information. And I do have people that just write me to say how much a blog post has helped them or how much a Facebook live has helped them. Today, I got a message from somebody on my Facebook page. He's like, I'm missing you. What you put on your Facebook page, please post something new. I'm like, okay, so these things do make a difference. And he's just somebody who's been following me for like two years. Um, But we have, um, we sort of have kind of a relationship in a way. And yeah, absolutely. He, you know, he does recommend my stuff. He's a fan mm-hmm. and that helps grow my presence overall. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one of the biggest problems that tutors have, you guys, is that nobody knows who we are. And so if yeah. we hang out, just hanging out on Wizen or tutors.com or, or those kinds of platforms where we aren't really doing anything to stand out from the crowd, you can expect to get the same kind of results. And so even if you have your own website, but it's not been well designed, or you don't have a funnel that leads them to the next step, or you don't have a way to build an a long time uh, relationship with them over time, you're not going to see great results with Pinterest. So I, I will I will say that that this is a long term strategy, everyone. This is not a um, I can just put one thing on out there, I can put one flyer up there, get hired, and bam, I'm done. Right? This is a long term strategy, and so that's something to think about. That the cool thing about a long term strategy means that the the longer that I am putting in the effort with it the less I have to do as time goes on in order for it to continue to work and drive people into my funnel. That's the beauty of it all, right? Right. And so being consistent, you mentioned that that was really a big piece of it, being consistent um, to be able to, to get those those kinds of, of things, which is, which is fantastic. And you've really gone into like teaching people how to, you know, set up that Pinterest business site, um, how to look at the analytics to be able to decide what content's working, not working, but you also post other people's stuff. So you're not always posting your own stuff, are you, Suzanne? Oh, not at all. Um, you know, I think in the ultimate support group, somebody was asking me like about how much of my own stuff do I post compared to other people? Mm-hmm. You know, one of the important things about posting other people's content is you get on their radar too. And they start following you and it's reciprocal. Right. Um, and you're still finding stuff that's going to help your ideal client. 
Um, and so initially I started off with, I had very little of my own content. I'd be creating one thing of mine a week, but I would be pinning regularly other people's stuff that I thought was a good quality content and B really would address a pain point or something that, that my students would need. Yeah. Yeah. And you also go into a lot of like branding and how, how powerful that is for your site, that this isn't just like a whole bunch of boards that you're randomly pinning stuff on. You're really thinking about the whole entire, how is this going to benefit my overall client? What are the things that they want to be able to know and making sure that you have this all organized in a really neat and orderly way so they can find the resources and tools that are going to be the most useful for them. Right. You know, and we did a lot with pin design. Mm -hmm. um, we also did a lot with, as far as um, knowing what to write on your pin descriptions to get people to come back to your website and how to come up with the titles and things like that. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And so you got to see Lisa and Anne take action and get like incredible results, which must have been so empowering to, to be able to, to see that see that happen what what was your reaction when you saw the the kinds of numbers they were getting I was really happy I, I you know because Anne had been in another course that I had a blogging course and she'd done really well in that but we only covered Pinterest as part of it so right. she had had some growth but to continue working with her in this course and then to to see her just go up as much as she did in her monthly views I mean I'll let Anne talk about what she did but it was amazing. And then Lisa was trying a, a different sort of funnel to, to grow her Facebook group. And she did really well with that too. And so it was nice to see how Pinterest helped them in their particular funnels. Yeah, absolutely. And they had different goals as well, which is kind of interesting kind of to see, like, it's not just like a a one size fits all like um, step that we all have to take and we all have to take the same exact path in order to get the results. It's you get to create the path and design that path based off of what your specific goals are. Our goal is not to be able to create cookie cutter tutors that are advertising exactly the same on the web. <laughs> That'd be crazy, no. right? Yeah. <laughs> that would be absolutely crazy. All right. So we're going to start with Lisa. I want to, I want to hear about Lisa's story. So Lisa, you started with 1000 people. You help, you tutor in math and you also help with the praxis and um, you were getting about an average of what? 1000 monthly viewers at that point when you started? Yeah, I was around the 1000 monthly viewers and at the end of the course, I was like just under 19,000 monthly viewers. Wow. Um, yeah. So that was really, really fantastic. I got way more strategic about what I was creating, but also what I was pinning of other people's. My big promote was for my teacher certification community. I have two Facebook groups for that. And I didn't want to necessarily be promoting other people's praxis pins that are servicing the same niche as me. Right. So I got a little creative with what I pinned and, you know, made sure they were related niches, but uh -huh. not the same niche, but also valuable content. So it was kind of neat. Most of my original pins were the call to action was to head on over to the group 
and Joyen. Mm-hmm. And my groups both grew really well during that period. And it was, I mean, it was right around the holidays, leading up to the holidays. So I was surprised with the results because I felt people would be really distracted. But one group grew by 35 members, the other by 40 members. So really, really nice. happy. I learned a lot about how to use the keywords. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that really helped because this is really my attract method for getting new audiences because it's not just your followers that are seeing your content. They use who your followers and then it kind of spreads out into, you know, other people they think would be interested in it. So it really is a great way to get exposure to people that don't know you at all. What I was going for. So <laughs> yeah, which is awesome. And, and, and it's never been, you know, they say that like, no, no publicity is bad publicity. And so this is kind of goes with, you know, with that whole entire thing. Like, even if people aren't part of your specific audience, you never know when somebody is going to pass along the information that you have. And I remember, I think it was you who mentioned as well, Lisa, that um, you learned a lot about colors on Pinterest as well. Yes. So I really started to get a little bolder with my colors. Mm-hmm. I, at Suzanne's direction, I started using a lot of reds and oranges. Mm-hmm. And I had a couple of pins that did shockingly well for my size audience. Yeah. Within a very short period of time. And I think it's because people with large audiences pinned my stuff so it just spreads it spreads so quickly if the right person pins your content right so yeah and that made a big difference and when that happened is when I got a lot of those Facebook members yeah that's awesome that's awesome so you know that it had a direct correlation based off of off of that and so um did you notice any increase in your website traffic or just so, for the Facebook group? I wasn't really pointing to it because honestly, I didn't sure. have the time to blog at the at this moment. And what I found in the past, that if you just kind of point to your homepage with the pins, you get people that kind of click, see, and then they bounce back. So you really yeah. need to have something specific to that pin that yeah. they're looking for. Um So I wasn't really promoting that because I wasn't creating a lot of content at the moment for my website. And honestly, my funnel is through my Facebook group. It's one of the area, one of the areas of my funnel that I'm able to convert to students more Mm -hmm. easily because they get a really great sense of who I am and that I can help them Mm -hmm. because I'm showing up in that group regularly. Yeah. And, and, and that's really a a big pivotal piece is, you know, where are you online? You have to take that into consideration when you think about where are you bringing people? We're not saying you should be good at everything in social media. You guys, I have a presence on Pinterest. I've built my page. I've done these kinds of things. I'm kind of in and out and, and that's okay because my big area where I am always present is Facebook on inside of my groups and then inside of my YouTube channel. Like I've got like this like main area. And there's actually something really interesting. Suzanne, they've, they've made some new changes inside of Pinterest with, with, with videos, haven't they? Yes. They've had it for a while, but people haven't paid attention to it. 
And now more and more people are paying attention to the fact that you can have video pins. So you can upload a video directly to Pinterest of a 15 minute length. So these okay. are shorter videos, but I like to use a shorter video to lead to something longer, whether it's mm-hmm. a longer blog or whether it's a longer video or maybe a series of Facebook lives that you have on your Facebook page, something mm-hmm. like that. Pinterest itself wants video to take off. And so because of that, they're pushing those up higher in the in the search for people to find. That's so. very cool because people do like to consume the, vi- the videos pretty quickly and especially tutorials, those kinds of things or things that make people laugh. <laughs> right, but the Pinterest videos are different. Like they have to be different in, in style and length than just putting up um, the same video as you would for a YouTube video or just uploading a Facebook Live directly itself. Right. There's really certain, I would say, norms and, and styles for what's effective as far as Pinterest videos. Yeah. And so that's really important to, to know that I can't take one piece of content like a video keep it exactly the same and then post that somewhere else and expect to have really good results with it. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. That happens, I think, with almost any type of social media. Yeah. When you create content in a certain way for that particular social media, if you just put it back the same way in um, without repurposing it in a slightly different form, it's not going to do as well on in the other places. Yeah what is the ideal video pin length at the moment? Less than a minute. Wow. So very short. It's not something, it's something that's meant as a teaser, not something that is meant to keep people there and keep watching on that platform necessarily. Right. I think people who have a longer tutorial in different niches do better with longer ones like crocheting. (laughs) <laughs> if you have, if you're selling a certain product that you use in crocheting and you put up a tutorial that's a little bit longer than a minute of how to use that, and it leads back to where you're selling that that yarn or whatever that thing is, then that's different. But for right, us, right. that's not really the same funnel. Yeah, exactly. So that's 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 really good to know. And and people can create a video pin for blog posts, for podcasts, for pretty much anything. It's, it's your just freebie. Like, yeah, your freebie. Yeah, um, yeah. A short video to join your Facebook group. Any of those things. Yep. Any of those things would definitely be able to work. Now, here's the other thing I really want to take. I, I, I think we really need to explore is that when it comes to marketing, a lot of people, it doesn't matter if you're on Pinterest, it doesn't matter if it's your website or anything, they have the, the script flipped. So it's all about me marketing, but that all about me marketing still doesn't work on Pinterest. So what are some things that people can do to make it all about their ideal client and not all about them? To start with content that you know addresses somebody else's problem. For me, since I'm a blogger, I get in the frame of mind of a student. Mm-hmm. Because my ideal clients are older, so mm-hmm. I'm not marketing towards the parents necessarily. But I know what's going on with them. I know what they need. I know what pain points they have. And so my marketing is really about solving those things or giving them some kind of help or leading them to where they can get help to solve those things. So yeah, it's definitely starting from the mindset of 
who you're helping. Everything you design on Pinterest is really based around that. And these are things that you guys, we, we dive into how do I go through this entire process? Those people that joined the Jumpstart, your online tutoring masterclass, which will be opening up in, in about two and a half weeks. Um, they've learned how to flip the script and really make the marketing. And it, it, it's so interesting because in the beginning, a lot of people, they think that they're marketing towards their ideal client, but it's still me-based. And so there, there's this like flip of the script that just has to happen in order for us to understand. And so I do want you to know that if, if you haven't reached that marketing flip yet, and you're still doing like all about me as your Pinterest um, posts, and it's all about online tutoring and how online tutoring can benefit your kids, like, and that's your focus you probably aren't going to have success with this strategy because we really have to dive deeper into the needs of that ideal student. Now, you guys, we've got Ann Mitchell here. Ann Mitchell went, as she said, from 7,000 all the way up to 21,000 monthly viewers on there. And tell us about, you had already known about Pinterest, obviously, in the beginning with 7,000 monthly viewers. What kinds of things were you doing before you joined uh, Suzanne's course? Well, I was in Suzanne's other course, the blogging course. Sure. And I started in that course, I think I was at three. Okay. Thousand, and then I grew to seven. Uh-huh. And I went to the Pinterest course and I grew all the way up to 21. So. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and you had mentioned that you ended up definitely increasing your website traffic. You were able to see an increase in numbers there. I and tripled, yeah. you tripled it. And then during that time, you also got how many students? Three. You got three, three. students. Now, can we say that absolutely without a doubt that these three students came specifically because of the, the, the Pinterest work that she had done? It's a hard thing to kind of say, isn't it? <laughs> well, my pins go to my blog, they go to YouTube, they go to Facebook, they go to my freebie, they go everywhere to be able to get my online presence out of there, out across the board. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know where. I mean, I have on my registration form, where do I, where do you find me? But yeah. usually they say Facebook or Google or something like that and I kind of just spatter across the board yep absolutely and it's really funny because when even when you do ask people where did you find me hear about me or learn about me they don't even remember that initial time that initial place where they found you because they continue to research you and find out more information about you right so it's kind of like Mm -hmm. all right where was the very first place that I did find her like a lot of people can't answer that but it's because people can find you everywhere and like they can type in your name they can type in castle rock tutoring they can type in you know online reading tutor all of these different paths lead to you and so you want to be able to create as many of these paths as you possibly can so that people are going to be leading into your funnel and you know I know that one of the biggest pieces that people are like well is there a direct correlation between me increasing my my online presence and getting more students. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, if you're doing it right. In the big right? word, consistency. You're consistent. Yeah. Even oh, when gotcha. you are fully booked, you need to stay consistent because yeah. last spring I was fully booked and yeah. I really didn't have much time on my schedule to 
do my Pinterest or do my YouTube or do my blogging, but you need to stay consistent across the board, even when you're fully booked. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what does consistent look like when you guys are talking about consistency? What does that look like? Are we talking about hours and hours a day that we have to be consistent? Mm-hmm. What does consistent look like for you, Anne? For me, my schedule, I usually do like a rough draft of a blog on Monday, Mm -hmm. Um, do Pinterest on Tuesday. Um, Wednesday would be like Facebook and Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, Thursday and Friday is the rough draft and posting of my blog and LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And then just kind of getting across the board. It's only a couple minutes every day once you're at a point where you can stay consistent. I think that's important where if people realize that, look, if I take, if I'm taking five to 10, maybe up to 20 minutes a day, that this is something that can have a significant effect. And, and so when you go through this process, I'm curious because I hear this all the time. You guys, people say this to me, they say, nobody wants to pay what I'm charging. Now you guys have really stepped outside of the realm of the big, you know, companies that are out there. How many people are arguing about how much you charge for your services? Not very many now. Um, when I first started, I did get the, but I wasn't confident with my level that I was offering. So mm-hmm. now I'm, I'm fairly conf- confident on the interview and the process and they either accept it or find someone that can, has the experience in the background that I have to do yeah. it better. Yeah. Absolutely. How about you, Lisa? Honestly, for the Praxis, it's a pretty big investment to start to work with me. It's just under $500 uh, just to even for me to consider the student. And some of my audience, that's a lot of money for because they haven't started their careers yet. Mm -hmm. And they don't, they may or may not have support from their parents. But If they want it bad enough, they will do it. Mm -hmm. And it might not be the week that I talk to them, but generally they'll say, let me try and make it happen. And once they rearrange their finances, they do it. I've had people say, you know, that's a lot of money. And I say, yeah, I understand. You know, it, it is a larger amount, but this is what it is. And it's because I have all this experience and I'm in demand. And I say, I understand, like you, you may need a, a little bit of time to put that together and that's okay. Like I don't make them feel bad because it's a lot of money to them. Right. But I say, you know, fig, you know, rearrange a few things, see what you can do. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And that's part of why I eventually want to put together a group, a group program for yeah. students, um, not a program more like live, but So that will open up the door to some extra students, but really they tend to find a way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the more that you increase your confidence, the less people question your price. As soon as you do start kind of being like, "Uh, I charge $20 an hour, they're going to question even $20 an hour. Okay. Like, which is like nothing. Right. So don't think, you know, know that it, it, it is how comfortable you are in that sales process. If people are arguing with how much it is that you are charging, it could be that you don't have a, a big enough online presence yet. Like they're not finding you everywhere. They're not seeing you everywhere. When they don't see you yeah. everywhere, that's, that's a piece of it. 
and the beginning- they need to get to know you. And yeah. if, if they haven't seen the value in you yet, it means you haven't given them the opportunity to see your value mm-hmm. and you're not conveying that. Um, my Facebook group, I am in there nearly every day of the week. Mm-hmm. And it, and you really, it is a labor of love. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to genuinely want to help people. It, it is not just about sales. Right. right. It, it ultimately leads to sales, but you really have to be able to give and to care. And people need to sense that from you, mm-hmm. that that's what, you know, that's your, you know, motive. So, yeah. Let's move into our best Pinterest tips. So what are some of the best Pinterest tips we can, we can give people when it comes to, you know, growing that online presence and, and, and mastering Pinterest? I think I would say the consistency to be able to, I mean, I just been sitting on the couch watching TV and sharing on my phone some other people's posts onto my boards, um, making my own pins. And awesome. Get, get on Tailwind and do that too as well. So. Tailwind is a fantastic uh, tool to be able to utilize because now you are not only the only one sharing your stuff, other people are sharing your stuff because there's this mutual relationship. So if you haven't heard about Tailwind yet, um, that is definitely something to to take a look at. Suzanne, can you tell us a little bit more about Tailwind and how that can help with increasing your Pinterest numbers? Okay. Um, Well, Tailwind Tribes is really um, a place where a lot of people... Um, who are bloggers or, you know, people who sell courses or videos or services of any kind in a particular niche, get together um, into what's called tribes. And these tribes are really based, I would like to say, across maybe a theme or a subject area, like I have a tribe called English Teachers and Tutors. Mm -hmm. And so, People join that tribe and we can schedule each other's pins out. So I would share something to the tribe and then somebody shares something else to the tribe. I'm sharing what they have. They're sharing what I have. And so it grows your presence a great deal Um, as long as you're contributing to the tribe. And Tailwind, it's the tribe aspect is free. Um, but the scheduling aspect, which is a huge bonus because you want to be pinning every day and that lets you pin every day by spending, like Ann said, she's, she's there on a Tuesday planning what's going to be scheduled for the week. Mm-hmm. And so that really helps then. So you don't have to be on Pinterest every single day. You can actually just sit down for a period of time, plan out those pins, and then Tailwind takes care of the rest. Oh, it's a huge help. It's a it's a huge benefit for people. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Are you using Tailwind, Lisa? Yes, I do use Tailwind, and it does really make it easier. Um, they you can get a little strategic. Uh, one of the things that Suzanne told me was to because when you have a pin, you pin it to multiple boards. And I was like, how much do I space these out? Do I do it all in one day so that it's all out there? And she had recommended spacing it out five, seven days. And I feel like that was a big part 
of why it grew. And in fact, I was gone for two weeks and it still grew because while I was gone, some of those pins I had done earlier were still posting to the mm-hmm. other boards. Um, and that really made a big difference. And I could kind of see, well, this, you know, this day I've got a whole bunch of stuff pinning on the same day. Let me spread that out a little bit. So that way I'm getting eyes on my profile regularly. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And that definitely, that definitely helps with the entire process is that this is a tool that just allows you to be consistent because it is really hard to get in there every single day, make that appointment in there with yourself and and go there. Now, do you ever like repin a pin that's doing really well? How does, how does that work for you guys? So I actually, uh, they have this thing where you can actually automate like recycling in those pins. Uh-huh. So any pins that get like a good response, I add to that cycle. Got um, it. I was kind of grandfathered in because I had the account earlier. I think that might be an add-on at this point. I'm not sure. But so even if I'm not active, I've got about 40 pins that are just, I feel like it's like every like six, three to six months, they're, they're getting put out there again. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Suzanne. But you can repin things, you know, on your own over a few months. It's just with Tailwind, they have that feature that Lisa is talking about. It was grandfathered and some of us who've had the account longer, we, we got that as a beta program. Mm. Um, but it's called Smart Loop. Um, it is really useful because I have like a hundred pins on just attached to that Smart Loop that cycle through. Um, for me, it's over six months, and mm-hmm. and that's really good. But if you just keep track of your pins, and you know, schedule every few months something that's performed really well, that's fine too. Yeah. Um, that, and that helps because that helps with consistency, doesn't it? When you're not being consistent. <laughs> right. And because Pinterest, you know, a pin will go up there. Pins have much longer half-lives uh-huh. than anything else. Like if you post something on Facebook, it may have like a, a few hours of, you know, it's it's showing up really well. Uh-huh. Um Instagram, it's less. Twitter, oh, oh my gosh, it's like 15 minute half life. For Pinterest, it's it's six months. Oh wow! And so it really does stay up there like a lot longer than other stuff anywhere else on the web. Right, and because Pinterest works like a search engine, it's going to be seen every time somebody searches in that particular key phrase. It shows up if it's a popular pin. So I have a blog post I wrote two years ago that just keeps cycling through and cycling through. The last I checked, it has over 4,000 shares. Oh, wow. 4,000 shares. That's not even views. That's how many people have shared that post. Yeah. That's huge. Um, Do you know how many people have viewed it? Does it it give you that information? Well, I have that type of information in my website analytics. Okay. You can see how many people have clicked back. That's a different yeah. number than the saves. Sure. So the it will show you link clicks, 
but it gets a little bit tricky because people can pin something on Pinterest and go back to your website, but also they might see something on your website and then pin it to Pinterest. So, um, sure. So for me, I just look at my Google analytics that I have behind my website Mm -hmm. and that's how I can tell how many people have clicked on a particular page for a month and, and what actions they're taking. Now, I know that some of you right now, we've been throwing around some terms right now and yes. it feels like it wants to explode. We're talking about Tailwind, Pinterest. Uh, we're talking about, you know, Google Analytics, all of this stuff. I do want you to know that all of this does get break, broken down inside of Suzanne's class in a much easier way. Here, we're just kind of sharing some of our basic great tips that work on Pinterest for you just to kind of get an overview. But we do understand that in order for you to get good at it, that you're going to want to definitely join us for the Diving Deeper into Pinterest webinar and and learn more there. And then if you decide that you want to move on into Suzanne's class where she will break it down even further for you so that you can start applying it with your page, um, that would be a great next step for you. Um, What are some other great tips that you guys have about Pinterest that you learned? A big one for me, Suzanne really dove very deeply in how to pick the names of your boards, um, what sort of content is there a demand for, Mm -hmm. what's doing well. And she really taught us how to use that search bar to figure that out. Mm. Um, When I started, you know, I had a board called Praxis. Now I've got like eight or nine boards in that area Uh because I learned how to find all the different keywords that people would be using. And I named my boards just like that. And I also learned there's so many places that keyword can go Mm -hmm. in the pin. And Suzanne is just amazing at breaking that down. Yeah. And then it's a matter of them typing that keyword on in and then bam, your stuff pops up because you knew how to use the keywords properly. Nice, nice. What are the tips you guys have? I know Anne is dying to jump in here. <laughs> um, the use of hashtags. The hashtags are like across the board now. Um, hashtags, as long as you, when you're developing your pin, you put like two or three hashtags in there. Uh-huh. Um, Suzanne told me they're not so active, like longer you have the pin up there but when you first pin it um when somebody's searching for your topic yes then it very happen. very similar then to like um on instagram if you guys are familiar mm-hmm. with instagram that when you first put that on in there now it's popping on up when you go to that hashtag and so like you said it wouldn't be popular as as more time has gone by because other people's stuff is popping on up with that hashtag right right Yep. Yep. Same kind of concept there. So, so that's, that's good to know, like that they do use hashtags that it is sorted by hashtags and to make sure that you're using the right hashtags. Mm -hmm. Um, Awesome. Fantastic. So for the new person who's just getting started with their online tutoring business, what kinds of tips do you have for that brand new person who's just starting and wants to start dabbling inside of Pinterest? I would first focus on setting up a good Pinterest business page. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and so following the ideas of uh, getting in that mindset of what another person needs. 
from yeah. you when you set up your your boards and your profile and and all of that. But I'd say in the very beginning, think about your goals and then focus on setting up that business page. Yeah, that, um, that's you want, tip. you know, about 10 to 12 boards to start with and then mm -hmm. be pinning regularly. Um, but start off with the basics of getting a good foundation on your board. Yep. Awesome. Any other tips you guys can give for that new new person coming on in, Lisa? Um, a really great one. I'm thinking back to when I got started. I spent some time on the platform, pinning related things, following people, especially people I was seeing that had, you know, larger audiences. Um, because by seeing what's just naturally out there and what's showing up in my feed, I started to get a sense of, because every social media platform is so different, you know, what works, how to behave, you know, um, I, I got a sense of what you do on Pinterest and what's, what type of material is there. Um, and if I type in a keyword, it, kind of makes these suggestions of people that are related to that topic. So I would go in and check those out. Yeah. And that's not super technical. You're, you're, you're not worried that you're going to do something wrong. You're really just kind of playing with it. And it's yeah. starting to put some material on your boards. Yeah. Um, Cause you definitely, you want to, you know, a lot of pins, you don't want it to just uh, to have a profile with 10 pins, you know? Right, right. So, right. and that removes a little bit of the pressure of, oh, you know, what if I do it wrong? You know, it gives you that time to figure it out. Yeah. And the cool part is you don't have to always be creating all of your own content. So what is the ratio between what I should be throwing out there? That's my stuff versus other people's stuff. Is there, is there any kind of ratio like that? I don't have a ratio per se, but I try for three to five things of my own per week. Okay. And I pin other things other people's things. Um, I always pin when I have my own pins that I'm pinning. I always pin those first because those are the first that will come up in your followers. And just like Lisa said, you know, originally just starting off looking for other people and other pins that, that fit those four topics mm -hmm. that will help you a lot. In the course, we dive deeper into how to name them and what boards you should include and brainstorming all of that. But um, my general suggestion is to start off with um, 10 to 12 boards mm -hmm. and um, start pinning as soon as you can. Yep, absolutely. And, and no time like, like now, so just get started. I think that's the thing is like, once you start playing with some of this stuff, some of, some of it will come very natural to you. You'll, you'll start playing with it, adding stuff to your boards and doing that kind of stuff. And you'll realize that, oh, well, this doesn't look too hard, you know? And, and so it's not as intimidating as a lot of people think it's going to be. And, um, and it actually is quite fun, you know? And a lot of people um, typically will be on Pinterest at certain times. I find that uh, for my demographic, we tend to uh, go onto Pinterest in the evening when we're kind of relaxing and, and getting, you know, done, the kids are down or, you know, you have like some, some downtime and and so how does that play an effect of the timing of when you put out your pins? Um, for me, 
since I use Tailwind, they've kind of figured that out for me. Oh, nice. So, um, but I know that um, as far as Pinterest counting fresh pins, they start at um, 12 a.m. Greenwich Mountain, like whoever, when you pin at that time. Uh That's when all of the pins that come first, your first five pins in numbers one through five, show up first to your followers. Okay. But I find that followers aren't as important as they used to be. Okay. I have, you know, I have relatively small followers, but my monthly viewers are much higher. Right. It's the people viewing um, and saving your pins and going into clicking on them, going into your Facebook group or your website, or if you're growing your YouTube channel or wherever, those are the, the numbers that I count a lot more than followers. Right, right, right. Yeah. And, and you've had like extremely high numbers. What, what was the highest number you ever had when it came to monthly viewers, if you remember off the top of your head? I think I had at 1.200,000, just a little bit over 200,000. Right now, it's been sort of a downturn for this month. I'm at 155,000. Oh, oh, darn. It is for me. I'm like, okay, all right, you know. (laughs) By March, I better be at like 220,000. (laughs) so so yeah I have to be more aggressive yeah I love it I love it we always can be better can't we yes we we always can be better if you're not a subscriber yet definitely subscribe so that you can receive more great tips for the uh for online tutors on out there so I got a great compliment yesterday I had somebody who said you know you are one of the only tutors out there that's really serving other tutors in this large way on a consistent basis. Like there's always fresh new content on your YouTube channel that is relevant to online tutors. So if that's something that interests you, definitely hit that subscribe so that you can stay up to date on the latest things that are working inside of the industry. And you guys can see why I picked Suzanne to be able to teach this course, because she clearly is an industry expert in this area and it's working. People are going through her funnel. She's growing her email list. She's growing how many viewers are there. She's uh, growing how many people are following her like on uh, Facebook and attending her you, her Facebook lives. And it, it's having a profound effect on her business. So thanks for joining us today. And you guys enjoy the rest of your day. Bye, everyone. Did you know that the online tutoring industry is a $1 billion industry and that it is projected to grow to $112 billion over the next five years, according to Technavio. Now, I believe that to succeed in this business as individual tutors, we need to stand together and unite, which is why I have created the largest community of online tutors helping each other on Facebook. I'd like to invite you to join our free group, the ultimate support group for online tutors. I want to help you get found, hired, and referred so that you don't have to compete with other tutors, but instead can collaborate and grow so that you can help students all over the world and have the freedom and flexibility to allow you to do what you love. In fact, I want you to feel amazing every time you have a light bulb moment with your students. I want you to have so many light bulb moments that you light up an entire city. 
All you need to do is go to Facebook, type in Ultimate Support Group for Online Tutors, and hit join. What are you waiting for? Join today.